Hi everyone, welcome to this episode of All Things Iceland. It's Jules and today I'm sharing useful apps to download for your trip in Iceland. I use many of these apps on a weekly basis, but one of them is actually dependent on the season, so just be mindful of that. You'll find them especially handy if you plan to rent a car and drive around the country on your own. If you're planning to do that, then you will love the sponsor of this episode, who will come in handy, and that is Go Car Rental Iceland, which is a local Icelandic car rental company that has great customer service, a large variety of cars, and very competitive prices. If you use my code ICELAND10 to save 10% off your entire cost of your rental car, that will be a big, big savings. And especially if you're coming anytime during summer when the prices just skyrocket because of demand. I personally use them for when I go on adventures, and I'm so glad that many of you, many of my listeners and subscribers, followers across different platforms, have also been having a great experience with them. I mentioned, I believe, in a previous episode. I think it was the ultimate guide to renting a car in Iceland that one of my listeners switched to go over into Iceland from one of the internationally known rental car companies that is based here. And she saved $400. That's to me was insane. I wasn't expecting that result when she sent me that email, but I was so glad to hear it. So, and that was, of course, like I mentioned for summertime in the wintertime, the prices are less, but you still can save because some of these larger companies, these international names, they charge more basically because of the name. And as a local company, Government Iceland has that advantage of being able to, you know, charge a little bit less, but also still give amazing service. Now, let's move on to the apps that you will find, in my opinion, extremely useful while traveling here. I split them into categories. So if you go onto my website, allthingsiceland.com forward slash best dash Iceland dash trip dash apps, then you can see all the categories. I was just listing a few such as Northern Lights, hiking trails, driving and weather related, things like that. I just kind of put them in those categories so it was just easier to navigate on the website itself. But of course, I will say what those categories are and then what falls underneath those. So the driving and weather related category has the most. So I'm just going to start there. And while these are not in order of importance, the first one, in my opinion, is very important. So that is one worth getting as an app, or of course you can choose to do the website, just up to you. And that is the safetravel.is app. It's actually, so safetravel.is is the website, but safe travel app is what you would find if you go to the app store for whatever phone you have. So like Google, Apple, all of those. And safetravel.is is where is a website where you can get updates on weather alerts, submit a travel plan in Iceland. And that's basically where you let authorities know where you plan to visit. So if you were to get lost and you don't have connection in a place but need help, when they checked out the app that day or whenever they're checking it, then they would be able to like kind of track you. And it even has like warning on it for like certain areas. There are of course like alerts, like I mentioned, but Reynisfjara, Black Sand Beach here is one of the most, is the most dangerous beach, at least in the country, because so many people visit there and there's just really dangerous sneaker waves, unfortunately. And they talk about, there was an alert the other day about an avalanche warning in some parts of the country. So on the app, you would get these instead of having to go 
to the website each time. You know, you can have like notifications that are actually put on. And this is one of the very few apps I would ever allow notifications on. I'm personally not that person who wants to have like Instagram notifications constantly coming to my phone. If you are, I'm not touching. I'm just saying not for me because that would have my phone buzzing all day and that would annoy me. <laughs> but regarding the weather and alerts, this is worth it in my opinion, what I'm trying to get at. And they also have a color code system for the roads. So when you're going to go out driving, it's really helpful to know if a certain road is passable. So if it's wintertime, it might be that there was a storm and they've closed that road off or there was a lot of snow on it or something might have happened. It might even be that there could be a flood in some areas. And so their color code system, not surprisingly, green means the road is passable. And then red means closed. And then there are other you know, ones like gray, which is uh, unavailable or something like that. Uh, so it's it's a really interesting and helpful system in that you can also see it on the map. So where you're going, if you know you're going to go in the south of the country, there might be a road that you'd planned to use, but maybe it's unavailable for the specific time when you were going. And I always encourage people to check the Safe Travel app or website before leaving to see if conditions of any of the roads you plan to travel on are open and or passable. Next up is Google Maps. So Google Maps works well. Some people also like to use Waze. I personally don't use it just because I think at least from my experience in the US with Waze is like, okay, there's a lot of traffic in this one area, take another route or there are cops in the road or something like that. In Iceland, I mean, if you see the cops, hopefully it's not because you're speeding and they're coming after you. <laughs> but I actually don't see the cops that often and I live here. So that's not the biggest issue. And then also regarding traffic, if you're from any urban area in the United States, like New York, I'm from New York, but like California or something, you would laugh at aesthetic traffic. Like Icelanders obviously not used to it. So if they have to wait for like 10 minutes, it's like, oh no, there's so much traffic today. Whereas you know, people from other places where driving might take so long to get somewhere and traffic and a lot of other people on the road. It's a different perspective is what I'm getting at. So for me, Google Maps works exceptionally well. It's easy to use, especially since Iceland is an easy place to navigate. There's one road that goes around the country. And then of course, there's other roads that go off to other areas like inside the country or the West Fjords, the East, Snifles Nest, stuff like that. But those are, are as well very easy to navigate. If you don't plan to have internet connection during your stay, meaning not renting a Wi-Fi hotspot or using your existing phone services service providers international internet plan, then you can download the whole map of Iceland on Google Maps to your phone super easily. Then you could just navigate without having to worry about you know, using the internet, which I think is is very freeing. At the same time, I'm also a person who's so dependent on the internet and checking things like social media. So I do prefer to have internet connection, but I understand if, you know, you're one of those individuals that can cut it off or is not addicted in essence. I hate to say it, but it's an addiction at this point. I'm on Instagram, TikTok and all these too much. It helps that I actually post there, but yeah, there's too much, too much doom scrolling that goes on and I digress, but Google maps, great app. But to each your own in terms of if you decide to have internet connection or not. So while you're using it, Vedur or V-E-D-U-R is how you would spell it, or .is is the weather website for Iceland. And they have an app 
for showing you the weather. I have my own feelings about this app. Sometimes it's been a little glitchy. It's not my favorite. And so I actually want to give you an alternative that I like. And it's called, it's spelled Y as in yes, R as in Ronald, dot N as in Nancy, O as in Oscar. So this app actually, it's a website too, is from the Norwegian Meteorological Institute. That's where the YR.NO, so the NO part comes from. And for me, this is a very accurate app, fairly accurate at least. I mean, Icelandic weather can vary a lot, but things do change, but I've had really great results with using it. So the weather one, the issue there has been for me that if I've looked up certain places, for some reason I can't find it. And it just, it gets annoying at times, even though I do still use it. I check it every day and then I check the Norwegian one as well. I think it's just like, what if there's something going on the Norwegian one hasn't picked up on? It has not been the case as of yet <laughs> for at least two years now. But that is, again, just me wanting to be like, you never know, don't want to risk it. Some people have also mentioned Windy as being a good app. It has a lot of different information that it gives and graphics and stuff. I feel like it's a bit uh, overwhelmed for me, but there are other people who absolutely love all of that info and, you know, seeing the wind and animation and everything. So go check that out. You don't have to download it or any of these actually, but I do recommend checking the weather for sure. It's just like with safetravel.is, it's very handy. And also you know how to dress. That is the biggest issue many people encounter in Iceland is underestimating what they need to wear. So actually I'll put in the show notes my ultimate packing checklist for Iceland because it, first of all, it's split up between winter and summer. And if you're coming in the fall, then I recommend using up until end of September, the summer list, starting October around the winter list, because it, it does start to get much more cooler here. And then if you're coming in spring, at the end of spring, like May, is better for the summer list. And then before that is pretty much the winter list. So just as FYI, that's helpful. But I'm going to add that actually as a note for myself right now. Regarding emergency services, this category just has one app in it. And it's the 112 app. So the emergency number in Iceland is 112. And I'm just actually going to read how they explain it. So this is a quote. The 112 Iceland app makes it possible to contact 112 without calling. Clear, simple app menu assists users in explaining what is happening and sends a text message to an emergency operator. As soon as the app contacts the emergency operator, your location is sent to the emergency center along with the personal information stored in the app and a description of what is going on. This makes it possible to respond even more quickly to your call or like, you know, to your need of assistance. The app is based on a design for hearing impaired persons who use sign language in Icelandic called deaf people, but has shown itself to be useful for anyone who might have difficulty calling for help or in need describing the situation in a call, end quote. So if you happen to find yourself in a situation here where for whatever reason need emergency services, but you can't actually speak or the call is not going through, but for some reason you have internet service, you know, that can happen where you're connected to Wi-Fi or some internet service, but you, you know, you don't have the phone call just doesn't go through. Then you can use this app to get help. 
instead of trying to call one one two. So I, I personally think it's great just as a backup because it is very hard to not be able to get in contact with emergency services, especially if you're like out in the Highlands or something. And in the Highlands, there's oftentimes where you can find signal. <laughs> it's crazy, but that does happen. And I've had plenty of times where I was able to post something deep in the Highlands. And then there are other times where I had no service at all. Again, that's where safetravel.is comes in with your travel plan. If you're going to go to extremely remote places like that, because then it just ensures that you are already letting people or making people aware that you were out in these places. For music, because a road trip in Iceland or anywhere for that matter, I feel like really isn't like the essence of feeling the culture, the landscape coming alive, all of that. I feel like music really lends itself, especially here. And Icelandic artists, some of them have found inspiration from nature. And then even those who haven't, there still is this dreaminess slash intensity or aspect to the sound that works well when you're looking at Icelandic nature. It's just it just makes sense with the landscape. So what I decided to do, because Spotify is the app that I am recommending. And the reason why is that I teamed up with Cohar Rental Iceland, so the sponsor of this episode, to create an epic playlist, a Spotify playlist of various Icelandic artists for you to listen to while you travel on the road. Of course, you can listen to these artists where you live, in your kitchen, doing the dishes, in your car, on the highway, in Colorado. I'm just randomly saying that <laughs> because why not? <laughs> Shout out to you if you live in Colorado. I, I've never been there, but I've heard it's lovely. But it, the whole point is you can listen to it anywhere. But again, I really feel like when you come to Iceland and you turn on this music, first of all, it's really fun. And also some of the songs, a decent amount of them are in Icelandic. So I've done that purposefully because even if you don't know what they're saying, you still get the feeling of it. And there's something special, at least in my mind, about hearing local artists. There will be some that are famous international artists that you would know, like Björk. And then there are ones that are famous within the country. So maybe you've heard of them, but for sure, like everyone else here has. And then there's some others where they're up and coming. So this is a nice mix, too, to give you the ability to hear different sounds different individuals, maybe some of these people who are the up and coming blow up and you're like, oh, I heard about that on that epic Iceland road trip playlist. <laughs> so putting that together and it can be found on Spotify and it's literally going to be called Epic Iceland Road Trip with All Things Iceland. Really keeping it simple. <laughs> and if for whatever reason you can't find it on Spotify when you listen to this, then the link to it will be in the show notes of this episode. And I'd love to hear, and it's allthingsiceland.com I, I'd mentioned earlier what the link is. So allthingsiceland.com forward slash best dash Iceland dash trip dash apps. And yeah, I'm excited about this because I really love music and there's some really fun artists that I have fallen in love with their, their sound. And I hope that you enjoy it as well. But yeah, check it out. And if you have any that you really like, any of the songs, feel free to let me know. You can send me an email, contact me on Instagram, wherever suits you best, or in the comments of the show notes for this episode on All Things Iceland. Next up has to do with drinking. So if you're a person who likes to go out, have a couple of drinks, you will quickly find that alcohol in Iceland is extremely expensive. 
And I mentioned that in one of my other episodes uh, that I'll link as well called expensive mistakes to avoid in Iceland because it will save you a lot of money. If you can, and if you want to, you know, drink in Iceland, then you know, I mean by can, if you can, I recommend picking up alcohol in the duty-free area. So before you leave the airport, when you arrive, there's a duty-free store that is literally right outside of, it's, it's in the same area where you pick up your bags. So you enter into the duty-free and then you have to veer to the right if you want to go pick up your bags. Of course, do that purposefully. And you can pick up alcohol there. You're only allowed a certain limit that you can buy at one time per person. So while that does help, it doesn't mean that you can stock up a like box of alcohol or anything. But at some point, you might go out and say, hey, I want to go to a bar or if I'm you know, drinking at a nightclub or something like that. So the less than the cost of drinking in bars and nightclubs, there's an app called Bar Hop, and it's B-A-R-H-O-P-P, so two P's. That showcases the happy hours going on in Reykjavik. It might show it in other places too, but it was very location dependent when I was using it. And it even showcases some events like DJs playing at a certain venue and dance parties. So I thought it was a nice touch. I found this app actually as I was looking for another one that many people have been recommending over the years. And it was called, or is called Happy Hour. It's very weird to say. It's because instead of happy, it's just happy hour. <laughs> and that was being used for a long time, but people, whoever developed the app, stopped updating it. So it's nice to see that a new app has popped up in which it it is being updated. And I'm very grateful for that because sometimes I like to go out and, you know, meet some friends, have a drink if I feel like it, and not pay a lot of money if I don't have to. So you can try delicious cocktails and locally brewed beers. There's so many different locations. And it might even be fun, this is an idea that I'm you know, planting a seed for, to make your own bar crawl. So I did one last year, so 2022, with some friends, and there's specifically a beer crawl. And just to give you some ideas, if you're into beer, um, we went to Brewdog, we went to Einstuck Bar, and we went to Schooley Craft Bar, a great place for cocktails, specifically if you like gin and tonic, is Kaltibar. So K-A-L-D-I. And there are many other places too. I mean, this is not an exhaustive list at all. It's just some ideas, but ones that you can for sure try out. And then look on the app and see about other places that you might want to try. Because like I said, there are places that really specialize in certain type of cocktails or microbreweries and things of that nature. So have a blast. All right, next category has to do with Northern Lights. And I specifically have been using the My Aurora Forecast, which sent me a message earlier tonight talking about how I might be able to see the Northern Lights. Unfortunately, it's overcast, so I, I might not see them, but I'm going to keep my eyes peeled anyway. And it's the only app on this list that is season dependent because you can only see the Northern Lights in Iceland in the winter time. So My Aurora Forecast is the name of it. When you look it up, it has a ridiculous amount of reviews, like, I don't know, 30,000 or something. <laughs> so a lot of people have been using it. And the reason why you cannot see the Northern Lights any other time but winter is that we have long, dark nights, and that's you, have, you need darkness and also clear skies. That helps a lot and no light pollution. There's, there's, there's all these factors, but... In the summertime, when we have 24-hour brightness, you can't see them. And if you are curious about how to see the Northern Lights, I have linked in the show notes 
I recommend listening to this episode called How and Where to See the Northern Lights in Iceland. So check that out. But this app will at least give you an idea based off of your location, if it's possible for you to see the Northern Lights. Also the intensity. So the scale is from zero to nine. And if you get something like a three or above, that is really good. You can sometimes see them as a two, as a two but yeah, it's not as likely. And then anything two and below is pretty much like more likely not going to happen. Or my, I say that, but again, you know, a two can happen where it just changes. <laughs> it's, just, it's slightly annoying because it's sometimes I just want to give people an absolute definite answer. But Iceland has taught me that there sometimes just isn't, <laughs> there just isn't a different definite answer. You just got to roll with it. So just keep that in mind. And I've also never seen a forecast for like a nine. I would love to. I think the the sky would just be exploding with northern lights, which I have seen the sky exploding with northern lights, but not at a nine intensity. So I can't, my brain can't even comprehend what that means. And I hope one day to be able to see that. Next up is a category for hiking trails. And hiking, hiking in Iceland is, in my opinion, one of the most fun activities to do. I'm a big fan, especially in the summertime of going hiking, but I like doing it in the winter as well. And of course you can do it any time of the year. Summer is optimal because you just have a large number of trails available to you, especially if you're going to go venturing to the highlands, which is magnificent. I always recommend to people, even if you're not that big of a hiker, but you can go somewhere like Kverdalir. It's just great. It really blows your mind. Kverdalir is one of the biggest geothermal areas in the country. and you need, like I saw a family that literally got out of their car, walked to the edge, took some photos and left. Now, granted, was I like, oh, you're kind of missing out. Yeah, but I don't know their schedule. Maybe they were really tired and they were just like, look, <laughs> this is as far as we go today. Because it's a, you know, few hours drive from Reykjavik. But even just the view that they had is magnificent. It It's that easy in terms of compared to other Highland locations where you have to cross rivers or it's five hours to get there or something like that. It's just, it can be very taxing and also means you have to stay overnight. So this just gives a, another possibility to people who wanted to see it. And yeah, I, I recommend, I, I sometimes I can't t- stop talking about like the highlands and all these other places because I just get so excited. But okay, the app is actually called All Trails. And this is great for ideas of like places to go. That's what I use it for. Because sometimes I forget about things that are even locally like around where I live and fun loops because I like to go on walks. So I've become one of those people who's like, oh, I want to get 10,000 steps. You know, they say some people have said it's good for your health. Some people say it's doesn't matter. But I have bought into it in that it gets me outside to go and explore. And that is my point. <laughs> and for those who care about that or for people who just want to go on a hike, All Trails has a lot of great trails and along with course directions, a navigation tool, length of the hike, elevation gain, route type, such as if it's a loop or one way, and the level of it, such as easy, moderate, or challenging, it also provides reviews from people that have used the trail. So users can submit photos of the hike so others have an idea of what their experience might be like. This to me is golden because I love getting that feedback. I love seeing, you know, individuals who absolutely love the hike, showed a picture of what it was for them that day. It just feels 
like you can actually trust it. And I do think that's the whole point was like building in this community trust. And then there are times where I've seen it for trails. People are like, no, this wasn't exactly what I thought it was going to be or whatever. You know, people are pretty honest because the whole idea is just to get back to the community of people using it. So you can feel like it's worth your time. The app is free to use, but if you want access to more features, you can upgrade. Personally, I haven't upgraded and I haven't seen the need for it, but I might consider it in the future. We'll see. For those who are interested in alternative transportation options, specifically in Reykjavik, because Reykjavik is a very walkable city. Yes, it's small, but it packs a lot in. So you could walk to many places, but let's just say you don't want to walk or you've been walking all day and you're like, you know what? Our hotel, Airbnb, guest house, wherever you're staying is hostel. It's maybe a kilometer, two kilometers away. You just prefer not to walk or take a taxi because that's expensive just for no reason, honestly. Then you can take one of these options. So there's one called Hop Scooter and they're electric scooters that let you zip around the town you literally can pick them up and leave them anywhere. Now, when I say anywhere, I don't mean like randomly on the street. It could be on the sidewalk though, just parked on the sidewalk. There is no like station where you have to drop it off at. They actually come around in these trucks and pick them up. I I didn't think it'd be very efficient, but it seems that the model is working for them. <laughs> it's, just, it's just bizarre. It's interesting how that can be, but the app is very easy to use. One safety concern is that some people have been drinking and scootering, which is not smart people. And I know the people I'm talking to, they're all shaking your head like, what? Who drinks in scooters? But people do it. And that has led to some serious scooter related accidents. There have been other ones and that those have ended people in the hospital, unfortunately, and hopefully they're recovering well. So others have been people driving too fast because they can go pretty fast. And so if you do have a helmet, they don't provide helmets with it because it's just randomly like where you pick them up. But if you are a person who's more erring on the side of caution, then wearing a helmet is something that you can do if you're planning to scooter around. In the wintertime, it can get very icy in Iceland. Uh, of course, right? <laughs> Whenever I say that, it's always like my brain goes, duh. But it gets very icy and that can be extremely dangerous with the black ice because you don't see it. So this is a word of caution there. Be very careful. I saw some people who were also having issues because they were trying not to scooter on the sidewalk that was icy, but in the streets with the cars and it's dark and mm, it's a combination for potential accident and something really serious happening. So please be, be safe out there, people. The next one for alternative transportation options is the bus. So there's no train in Iceland. I don't know if people are aware of that. Like there's literally not a train line at all. There once was one but that was for delivering cargo materials, basically for a building project. And an old replica of that train, of that little train, is by the old harbor. So near the Reykjavik Edition Hotel, which is the five-star hotel downtown, there, as you, if you walk towards the water and the boats, you, you'll see it. It's across from Kolaportith, which is the flea market. And I'm giving you like kind of for people who don't know Iceland or Reykjavik, you probably think I'm speaking literally in another language, but it all makes sense if you visit the country. But the Straito, which is the bus, is what's called, is literally the bus here, the city bus anyway. They have an app called Klappeth. It's 
So if you were to type it without Icelandic letters, it'd be K-L-A-P-P-I-D. And Strato used to have another app called Strato. And then they upgraded and decided to get one called Klapith. The only slight issue with this is that I heard they were having some glitches with it when they launched it. I think it was like last year or the year before after changing the system. So hopefully they've worked out those kinks. But what's great is that you don't have to have any money physically, like, you know, handing a bill or something, because Iceland is a society where people use credit cards or debit cards. So it ends up being that you can have it on your phone based off of your card, like, you know, electronic pay, in essence, makes life way easier for taking the bus. And the bus system is is fairly simple. That's just something to keep in mind if you want to zip around town without having a car or you have a car, like a rental car, and just decided to go for a walk and wanted to find another way of getting back that's not so expensive. All right, the last category that I have for you is about the Icelandic language. And while I could give you one that has to do with actually speaking Icelandic, I figured I'd just go with the route of translating because I don't think you're going to do like drops. Like I'm going to have another Icelandic resources episode that's going to be coming up later that's upgraded or updated, I'm going to say. But for now, it's Icelandic to English translations and the Google Translate app. It can be a little bit hilarious, some of the translations, but I actually think it does a really good job for the most part. And this is one feature in particular that makes it worth it, in my opinion, to have it if you want to kind of read some Icelandic or see some Icelandic and have it translated into English. But just know that over 95% of Icelanders speak English well. And they'll say, like some of them, not everybody, well, some people are like, oh my God, English is terrible as they're saying it the same way I just said it, right? <laughs> I'm like, no, you're you definitely not. But that's just kind of this interesting insecurity that some Icelanders have about their English because they use a lot of Icelandic all day. However, you might encounter a sign or some text in Icelandic that boggles your mind or just intrigues you. You know, you never know. So the Google Translate app has this feature that's the camera function. And in essence, when you tap that, the camera on your phone turns on. And if it sees text, it will automatically start translating that text in real time. So to be fair, the translations are not always 100% accurate. But I, like I mentioned, they do a decent job at getting the meaning across most of the time. (laughs) Because there are some Icelandic words when translated, direct translation doesn't always make sense. But there are many, many of them that are direct translations. So that's something to keep in mind. I do hope that many of these apps I've mentioned are helpful, but I'm of course going to go into the random fact of the episode because one of my favorite parts of this, of doing these sections. Before I do that, I just want to give another shout out to Go Carmen to Iceland for sponsoring this episode. I hope you check out the Spotify Epic Iceland Road Trip playlist that I collaborated with them on. I love listening to it and I plan to keep updating it periodically. Of course, it won't be like every week or something, but yeah, and some songs I hear or some other artists can have something different, new, interesting that I will for sure edit. And remember to use my code ICELAND10 when you book with Go Car Rent Iceland to save 10% on your entire rental car cost. But the random fact of the episode, so there's been, it's app related, but not to any of these specific apps. There has been a rumor spread by the international media outlets that, I mean, I'm talking about for years, this has been talked about, that there is an app in Iceland that Icelanders use when they're dating. And 
The country is very small, as many of you know. We're up to 370,000 now. <laughs> it's just it's amazing to see how much has exploded. And most of those are people of foreign origin that have come to live in the country. I guess that is helping, but you'll, you'll, you'll see what, what I mean by that in a second. So there is some concern, though, amongst Icelanders that the person that they're dating, if they're also Icelandic, born and raised here, that they could be a close relative, such as a first cousin. And that would be a little strange to potentially marry your, or fall in love with and marry your first cousin. So there is an archive in which people can check beforehand if or even when they start dating somebody to see how closely related they are. And it's called the Islandinga app. But this app and how it comes into play is that if an Icelander puts in their kinetala, which is like their social security number, they can look up all of their relatives dating back to the time of the Vikings. Like it's extraordinary, in my opinion. It's literally what was written down and has been placed in digital format to preserve it. But the rumor is that the app was specifically created for the dating scene in Iceland. And like I said, the truth is that the app was created as an archive <laughs> that was once in the written form. So while Icelanders can use it to see who they're related to, and I'm sure people do it, and maybe not just for dating, that is not the primary reason for it. There had been some kind of joke that some Icelanders told me about where someone made like a demo of it. But it got out that it was like a real thing. So I just thought that was a random fact to share. Because if you see this pop up or have heard of it popping up in some places, that is not the primary use for this app. I don't doubt that Eisner's used it, though, for seeing if the person they were, you know, attracted to was maybe too closely related for them to continue dating or to consider seriously. But yeah, it just needed to debunk that one. The aesthetic word of the episode. So in recent years, many, many English words have found their way into the Icelandic language. For instance, Icelanders will just say, ah, so app, but ah, so that's literally the word app with an Icelandic accent. <laughs> and it's pretty funny to hear it when they're talking about, you know, a computer program on their phone or on their actual like laptop or desktop. However, the Icelandic word for computer program or computer application is so yeah, that is the Icelandic word of the episode, and I can see why they decided to just go with ah, because it's way less effort. Uh, but sometimes it's interesting just to hear what the English word is replacing, and usually it ends up making sense because it's just shorter, easier for people, and easier for people to communicate. As always... Thank you so much for listening. Takatier kailegar virit at lusta og shams dörtlegar.